All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Schreiber and this is Bull Bear Radio. Hey, we're just waking you up. We're we're bringing the fun back to finance, man. You know, Toki, Tokyo. No, no, no. Turkey's toast. I got my T's wrong. Yet a lira is having a lousy, lousy uh, couple of weeks here. Talking about contagion risk, man. Yeah, man. Lots of contagion. headline risk crisis. Okay, you're getting a little uh, overboard here with the with, with 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 the enthusiasm about contagion and crisis. Well, that's what the headlines were. You know, I the Dow, you know, was up and down a little bit all day. No big deal. Yeah, I, I, I think know. Me, the media got real surprised by they did. The Dow went up <laughs> after you know the markets opened. You know, so uh, yeah, I mean, they were scrambling today to try and like figure out can we manufacture a couple of new news stories. I mean, then, then they were like, okay, great. We're going to recycle Papa John's. They were talking about Papa John's today, like for an hour. Who cares about Papa John's? You know what I mean? I got you, man. Papa Jones, man. I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. Anyway, dude, you know, so uh, there's so many people just talking about, oh my God, the market's up so much. I got to get me some. And what, what they don't realize I, I keep going back to this, right? There's a lot of investors that are very nervous, that are concerned about there risk. There are some of those. And there are a lot of people that still are chasing return. Got to get me some of that get return, that return man. man. And you know what? They don't realize that growth only outperforms value for a short period of time. I looked back, you know, the last 20 years. Which, in, which includes 1998 and 1999 Super Bull market phase, yeah. where gross stocks were just blasting Oh, my higher. God. You should see it on the chart. If, if you could see it out there, you know, I know your ears are hearing it, but trust me, if your eyes saw this, 98 and 99, like, well, the tech Russell heavy, 1000 growth, like, skyrockets above. The tech-heavy Nasdaq the was the up 85%. I know. It's In nuts. 1999 and alone. I'm just talking Russell 1000 growth here. Now, Russell 1000 growth, going back to 731, 1998, is up with dividends 248%. So almost 250. That's pretty good, right? That's, I mean, that's, that's not, that's not too right. shabby, right? I mean, really, it's a long period of time. You're talking about 20 years, and it's only a, a double and a half. It's now, no big deal. And, and guess what? You know, Russell, that's not that much return. Russell 1000 growth total return didn't didn't even beat the S and P 500. The S and P 500 was up 266. So you've got a blend of value and growth there. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So I just don't get it. And then you look at Russell 1000 value. Here's the sleeper. 286%. It's smoked growth. So value outperformed both the S&P 500, which blend, yeah. and growth. Look, there's four or five years and in people there. Maybe are wondering, a quarter of the hey, time maybe growth outperforms. Maybe, maybe value's never going to work again. No, man. Because of the dividend. The dividend's huge. And Compounding, man. It almost never pays. This. Here's the deal. It almost Is never anybody pays. anybody listening to us? It almost never pays to so. buy into overvalued companies 
regardless of how fast they're going up. People made that mistake in 1999 that 85% looked like the promised land. Unfortunately, the market turned into a, a really big dot-com bear and those tech stocks crashed 80%. And by the way, by the way, since uh, you know the March 9 low, the S&P 500 on price is up like 300% plus, right? With dividends up 400% plus. So what gives Don Schreiber when uh, the S&P 500 is up only 266? Huh. Big losses. Big losses. 2000 through 2002, the S&P 500 is down 50%. And Same in 2007 08, right? through yeah. 2009, down 57% from high to low so in the market. just goes to show you that people are getting so excited about something and a trend that will end and sometimes is not your friend. I mean, isn't that unbelievable, the rhyming I just did? Oh, got me excited. Now, the other thing people don't really... <laughs> Got me <laughs> oh my goodness. Jeez Louise. You know what other people don't realize? What? I, how many stocks are actually pushing this market higher? It's well, like, you know, the market not internals. Not many at all. I read an article this morning, you know, another warning sign. People tend to ignore the warning signs for a very long time. And they continue to buy right to the inflection point. Markets go down and they blast people they get they get their face ripped off because they take big losses you know copper which is down 15 percent year to date according to bloomberg mm -hmm. is one of those warning signs because copper is in the manufacturing process for most goods an awful lot of the goods copper is used and if copper isn't copper prices aren't going up when we have such robust growth there might be something wrong. Gold's down, silver's down, platinum's down, palladium's down. Like Man, the material the, sector the, is not doing that great. The metals are not doing well whatsoever. But I really believe that's because there's economic malaise outside the U.S., pretty much everywhere else. We're not getting fast growth. And the thing that typically really pushes material prices, which is an indication, copper especially, would be growth in China. Yeah. And 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 China's that, growth that, is that slowing down, baby. Well, and that really begs to you know that six point seven percent GDP growth number they keep printing, and it's flatlined across the chart. I mean, is that a real number? It would seem not with some of the commodity prices we're seeing. Now, you know, you talk about stocks, right? We were just talking Russell one thousand growth, Russell one thousand value, you know, and S and P five hundred. Speaking of S and P five hundred, everybody's like, oh man, it's up this year. I got to go get some of that. Well, let's talk about that for a second here because fang the the much talked about fang facebook amazon apple netflix and the goog google yeah right the goog uh so far this year still driving the bus even though facebook has fallen flat on its face <laughs> god we just got jokes today well maybe that wasn't a joke that was terrible but anyway fang f-a-a-n-g uh, if you look at SPY, right, a proxy for the S&P 500, it's investable. It's the 500 stocks. Through the end of July, up 6.43%. Now, That's an Fang, ETF, right? Yep, SPY? Yep, yep. Okay. We're just using this as a proxy for the index because we can look right through it at what is driving the returns. And it is the investable equivalent. But uh, FANG, right? 2.31% of the 6.43% return. So it's 36% of the return this year. Can you believe that? Sure. 
It really reminds me of 1999 because the few top falling. 10 stocks were driving the whole index up. And those are the ones, unfortunately, that corrected the most. Now, Fang plus one. Right, Fang plus one. Can what, you guess what, who's can, the plus one? The plus one, man. Yeah, man. The plus one, another tech company, giant, Microsoft, baby. Old tech, baby. Old tech pays a dividend, but driving returns this year. So that's the top five stocks: Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. Right. Plus that's not one. the top plus top one. five That's not the top five performing, but you know, plus one. Uh, adds another 73 basis points to the, or 0.73% to the 2.31, right? So we're up a half, half the return. So, Six yeah, stocks. almost half the return on FANG plus Microsoft. Now, you look at the top five performing stocks. Facebook's not included in that. The top five are Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Netflix, Google, and one, two, three, that's four, five. five. That's five. Okay, so there you go. Uh, so it is uh, top five there. That is 3.07%, 48% of the return. Half, baby, on the top five stocks. Top 10 stocks, 3.92%. Uh, so 3.92 is 6.43. That's 61% of the return from the top 10 stocks. So when the market internals get to favor a small group of stocks, top 10, and the rest of the the stocks aren't doing so well. Their return sets are really not contributing. Yeah. That tends to be another warning sign for the market. Okay, check this out. Top 25 stocks, 5.36%. That's almost all of it, huh? 83% of the return. Wow. Came from 25 stocks. Whoa. Uh, top 50 stocks, 6.65%. Wait man. a minute. Didn't you say 6.4 something was the return of the S&P? Yeah, man. So how could it be 6.6? Because the uh, top 50 companies are doing pretty good, and the bottom 450 oh, aren't they, doing too good. They, they, they have a contribution of negative. Yeah, and that's why. That's, that's, that's uh -oh. right. That's right, So man. 450 stocks are doing nothing. People want to, the market. Man, that's the market. Really, what people don't understand is that they're, they're buying a very concentrated few securities. Yeah, now... Half the return this year, right, has come from pretty much tech alone with a little bit of side of consumer discretionary and such, right? And that's all good as long as it goes up. And when it, when it corrects, these things tend to correct much harder, as I said. That it, history will show you that they correct harder. They go down more. And uh, for investors, that's a catastrophe. Yeah, now the, the it isn't, it the, isn't the return sets in bull markets that really determine whether you're going to be successful during your lifetime. It's how much of the bear market losses you take. Yeah. That destroys capital and your ability to retire comfortably. Now, the bottom 20 uh, companies, right, that detracted from return are on average down 17% this year, year to date. There's a couple big names in there, aren't there? there there's a ton. You look at AT&T, General Electric, Philip Morris, Procter & Gamble, Altria, uh, Comcast, Johnson & Johnson, Walmart, 3M, Wells Fargo, Broadcom, Celgene, uh, McDonald's, Kraft, Nectar, Therapeutics, Illinois Tool Works, Ford, L Brand, Synchrony Financial, and Tyson Foods. We're talking big, Big companies, man. Hey, man, and that's not that's, doing too that's good this year. pretty much across, you know, 
uh, industry sectors. There's all kinds of stuff. There's in all there. kinds of stuff. There's autos there, but and food getting beat up. and uh, industrial and you know all, all across all the board. It's it's yeah. and that's that's a cross section, right? That's the bottom twenty detractors. Big blue chips, man. Uh, hey, listen, return. but it gives it gives you a, a temperature for uh, how bad companies are doing across the board. It's a little bit of everything, and it's all getting you know, hurt. And, and that's surprising. You know, uh, companies are that that don't. Uh, beat estimates are getting brutally pounded. Taken out to the woodshed, man. Yeah. And I don't, ha- I don't have my stinking... Man, we're going to get that I, chainsaw. Yeah, I don't chainsaw have my chainsaw. Back. Jeez. So hey, let's, listen, let's though. switch gears. You were talking a little bit about earnings here, so hey, give man. it to me. I love... You know, uh, you know, we, we've almost got everybody reporting at this point. In 91% of companies through the last Friday, according to FactSet, 79% have uh, reported positive earnings surprises uh, and 72% have re- uh, reported positive sales uh, uh, wow. surprises. Wow. That's unbelievable. Still really high. 79 with, and 72. With more companies reporting here. These are pretty much record numbers. There's about know? 80% reporting last week. Now it's 90% this week. And uh, t- talk to me about earnings and revenue. The number so, get better I, or worse. I have to tell you, that's the thing that's kind of exciting. We're up to 24.6% earnings growth rate. Uh, this this uh, quarter over the last year's um, uh, second quarter. And, you know, that's a huge number. That was supposed to be lower. Uh, that's the best uh, quarter, the over quarter performance since Q3 of 2010. When we were coming out of that recession in earnings, uh, you know, that was caused by the crisis where earnings actually went negative. But this is really phenomenal compounded growth on top of good numbers last year. Earnings turned around last year by uh, uh, Q2 of 16, and 17 was a pretty good number. 17 was great. Yeah, and, it's a good and, number. And good. looking so, phenomenal. So, you know, you got, you got compounding growth, which is awesome. Yeah, so I, I'm showing on the, the old Bloomberg here, 25.55% earnings growth, 453 reporting, uh, 10% sales growth. I mean, this got better since last week, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. I yep, mean, we yep, got yep, back yep. into the 10 range, and we're almost up to 26. And according to FactSet, you know, we got earnings growth for companies who get more than 50% of their sales inside the uh, U.S., uh, 22%. So that's below the 246 And the companies that get more than 50% outside the U.S., almost 30%. The same thing as last week, man. That's Still, a, that's the U.S. multinats, the big companies are smoking at this earnings season. And energy, 129%, still still winner, winner, chicken dinner on earnings growth, but not the best anymore on revenue growth. growth. 23%, that's with 31 of 31 reporting. Guess who the winner is this earnings season in revenue growth? Don, you, you got a guess? No. Go materials, man. Materials. Materials. Twenty-three okay. percent revenue growth, fifty-one percent earnings growth. Well, you know that, that those commodities—they're the input costs for material companies. I know. And since material material uh, costs mater- are going down, so, so their material, their input costs on the yep. commodity side has been going and down. They're making good profits. That's right. And uh, you know who who's pretty impressive on the earnings and revenue side? Who? Heck, baby. Yeah, man. 59 to 71 in the S&P 500 reporting, 36% earnings growth, 14.81% revenue growth. 90, 90% of the companies reporting in the information technology sectors have beat 
and it's one of the it's one of the highest there is. Healthcare and telecom, uh, those groups also had very high percentage beats, even above the ninety percent yeah, for now, tech. You now you know uh, consumer discretionary nineteen point eight four percent earnings growth, nine point two seven percent. Uh, revenue growth, 55 to 75 reporting. This is looking pretty good. I wonder how it'll finish up here. You know the one, though, that's a little bit disappointing at the moment? Besides utilities and, and some of the other defensive stuff. Energy. Uh, well, consumer staples. Yeah, both of them. Right? 10.83% yep. earnings growth. Not too shabby, right? Yep. But what concerns me is the 4.99% revenue growth. And and I don't. There's not too many that are going to come in there and save the day. I don't think with 24 or 32 reporting. You know, a lot of the staples, big ticket items, man. The, you know, the and big maybe companies are getting may, hurt. Big ticket items. So consumers may be backing away from those really large purchases right now. We'll have to see how that plays out. So far, the consumer's been pretty strong. You know, and uh, you know, you get 10% revenue growth. That's looking real good. You want to follow those sectors that have the best revenue growth, in my opinion. You know, uh, they're the uh, folks that may report better than expected earnings next quarter. That'd be material energy, information technology, and real estate. I don't know, man. With interest rates going up, I don't like the real estate uh, uh, play no, at all, dude. We were talking about that last week. You know, it's a double whammy for home buyers at the moment. Housing prices are up. They haven't cracked yet. I did see an article, though, this morning that the West prices are starting to get beat up out on the West Coast for Starting housing. Starting to soften, like New York City, man. And Well, hey, man, remember last time California cracked during the housing crisis. So early. Early, man. Early. It was a leader so, down. Yep. So the soft prices out West may be indicative of trouble to come. Leading, end, uh, leading indicator there. So look, hey, right when we get back here, it's going to be done. In the business building corner this week, and we're going to talk about, like we said, we previewed this last week, the mistakes business owners make here. And so we'll be right back with that. At WBI, our goals are simple. We build outcome-oriented investment solutions to reduce loss and maximize return. We want to grow the largest capital base possible so you can achieve your goals. Call us today at 800-772-5810 to find out how we can help you and your clients be successful. And we're back. So, uh, yo, you know, look. We're available everywhere for your listing pleasure. So, like, get on it, man. Subscribe to the podcast wherever your ears like to listen to this thing. It's on the Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes. Check us out on Twitter, WBI President, WBI CEO, WBI Investments, Bull Bear Radio. I mean, we're everywhere. Just, like, check us out, man. And we're going to keep you up to date, man. We'll, we'll let you know if things yeah, start if, to fall apart you here. Wanna, if you want to miss the contagion... Right, this Thanksgiving potentially, and the turkey's got the contagion. We're gonna let you know. So, man, I'm not eating any turkey this year. You just, you I just, just keep ruined talking about Thanksgiving. Man, we're a I'm little, telling you, we're it sounds so bad. It was terrible. Uh. Yo, so uh, yo, it's sports news, man. Did you see Tiger almost won the PGA Championship? Wow, talk about great comebacks! Holy cow! Holy moly! I mean, the guy has basically been DOA. You know what I mean? In, uh, the, in I the last few tournaments he's, he's been, played, no, and no, no, he no. Was last tournament it. he was good, right? It, but but I mean, good. he was really killing. He was really good. It. I mean, the old Tiger was back, but, man. Minus yeah, the last two tournaments, under. last two, two major championships. And he, did you know that's the lowest score he's shot and never won in a major? 
the guy unbelievable. like the guy that beat him, you know, Brooks, dude. Brooks, like, holy cow, he he was playing out of his shoes, man. Hey man, when when Tiger's uh, breathing on your on the back of your neck, you got to do something. You got to start sprinting ahead. Yeah, so you know, business owners, man, they work hard, dude. They own their business. They're in it every single day. You're the the chief cook, bottle washer. You know, you clean the desks. The you open the doors. You close the doors. Um, you make sure the lights are on, the computers are running, you know, people have Kleenex tissues, whatever they need, you know, you make sure you're on top of it here with owning your own business. But with all that, sometimes you you don't focus on the big picture, right? And if you want to be successful, you got to focus on, on the big picture, right, Don? Yeah, you got a plan, man. I'm so telling this is you. the business. You know, one of the corner. hardest things that you'll ever do is develop a written strategic business plan. And I'm not talking about something that's fancy that you're going to use to market your company or do anything like that. I'm talking about an operating business plan where you lay out what your vision for the company is, what your objectives are, what your goals are personally and for the company. And you make sure those things are working together because if you don't, the company will become a rapacious creditor for your life. It'll steal your life from you. Okay. You ask somebody, being a business owner, if they don't get it right, man, you say, hey, how do you like being a business owner? Yeah. When I was growing up, man, the American dream, heroes were, were small business owners that helped grow their business to a little bit bigger size. But that was it, the American right. dream. For a lot of business owners, this turns into a nightmare, man, not okay. a dream. So Okay. So uh, many, many years ago here, uh, possibly before some of the people listening to this podcast were born. Right. Just saying. Uh, you wrote a book. A book. Right. It's it's in it's in hardcover. They make those. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can actually download hard... load this on your uh, phone, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. This oh, this, yeah. this book was written in two thousand one. Now Stone Age. Uh and, and it has been printed in English and in Mandarin. So, man, I had a big printing in Mandarin. The the Chinese love the book. Five thousand copies in Mandarin. Can you believe that? I can believe that. So I was, this is I was big, okay, big in Asia. Okay, okay, so building a world class financial services business was written by the Donald. No, man, Don Schreiber Jr. That's Don, me. Oh, the, sorry, sorry. It's, it's Don Schreiber Jr. Not I thought that this Donald. was one of those Come Trump on. books again. No. Come on. This isn't Trump stakes, right? No. No, no this is the real deal. So, out by I, can tell you, I can tell you what. Instead of talking about Trump, if you don't get this right, you're going to be a chump. I can tell you that. Okay. So uh, chapter number one here, you know, why financial advisors and financial professionals play the loser's game. And, and it sounds ominous. It sounds like, uh, why are we going to talk about that? But it's all about going back to that planning. Mistake number one, we channel all of our efforts into service and advice through one person. I mean, if you're the guy, you're the guy, and the organization cannot survive and thrive, right, So Don, you know, if I you're the only guy <laughs> doing it. You know, before I wrote this book, I wrote this book because I used to do business building seminars for a lot of the big companies, broker-dealers and investment banks in the industry, and they used to pay me quite a bit of money way back when to, you know, show up for a day and do these business building seminars. And the first slide I would have is how many hats as the business owner are you wearing? You know, are you the accountant? Do you do the bookkeeping, mm -hmm. right? Uh, are you the chief salesperson, mm -hmm. right? 
are you the operations specialist? Mm-hmm. Right? Are yeah. You, do you do you? Uh, are you like, like answering the phones? You, yeah. Do you, you know, like fill out the paperwork? So how many you know? how many specific job descriptions could you write down, and how many hats are you oh, wearing? No. I, and I used to say, man, like, look, we, man, I would ha- I would have a checkbox, and people would get all excited about you know checking all as many boxes as they could, and then the next slide would be. Whoever has the most hats that they're wearing is really wearing the dunce hat in the corner. Right. Because you cannot build an effective business unless you do the things that give that business the highest, best value you can and let other people do the rest of the stuff. Yeah, I was just talking about this with a friend of mine the other day, and he's like trying to grow his business. And I said to him exactly that, what's your highest, best use to the organization? Because he's talking to me about like filling out paperwork and pushing paper around the office. I'm like, can't you get someone to like do that for you? Absolutely. I mean, come on, man. You're like the, the visionary here. You know where you want to go, right? You, you can't be like doing that. You got to go out and sell something to somebody, right? That's hey, your highest, the, best use. The, the biggest problem every business owner has, especially in the financial services business, is we only have so much time. That's right. Right? And if, you're, if your best value is to be the rainmaker and go out and see clients because you do it better than anybody else, you go get the money. Yeah then that's what you should do. Yeah. And leave the rest to everybody else. And that means leave the money management to other people. You know, if you're if you're great at relationship management, if you're great at sales, if you're great at planning, let the rest of it go. Right. So mistake number 2, okay? Yep. So number 1 is you can't just be the guy. You've you've got to build a real business that's sustainable. Institutionalize your business, that's right. man. So number two, we focus too much on, right, uh, instead of focusing on growth, gross revenue, people focus too much on GDC in this business. Well, listen, when I came gross into- Gross dealer concession. <laughs> when I came right? into the business, this was a commission business, man. Right. You ate what you killed. That's right. Right? And you go out and you would get a, a, a nice sale. Maybe it was $1,000, so $5,000, and man, whoa. But, you know, you'd spend that. That's not reinvestable. Hard to get, you know, you could be great at sales, and it's really hard to build a solid recurring foundation mm-hmm. in the commission business That's because right. you don't know where your next sale's coming from. Right. That's what the fee-based business is all about. And the fee-based uh, business kind of emerged in the early 80s. People started to think about it, and that recurring revenue is so important to building a solid foundation financially for the company. That's where you get the cash flow, and cash flow is king yeah. in the business, cash flow to pay employees, to reinvest in your equipment, to have the best software, have the best computers, have the best marketing plan, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and then mistake number three, you speak about this, right? You need the the revenue to be able to reinvest in the business, build the business, right? But too many people eat what they kill. Mistake number three is they're consuming. They're taking all of it out of the business. You bet. So the business can't grow. That's the way we grew up in the business, man. But you've got to put money aside. You've got to have a profit. So most people don't think about this. But, you know, if you're the business owner, how much are you worth? If you're worth 250 grand and the company's generating 500,000 total, 
that gives you. Are you two- taking out four hundred ninety-nine thousand? Exactly, and you're spending it. Great year, but you, don't, you can't do that. But you can't. You've hire got people to reinvest to in the business, and you've got to build your own bank. Yeah, because year in and year out, your if own you bank. spend it. Then you can't hire the resources to actually become more valuable, right? Absolutely. So at WBI, you know, we've been building the WBI bank for decades. Yes. You know, it's the thing that allows you to build a larger uh, enterprise and have some money set aside like an emergency fund right. for a rainy day. Or to day. fund new endeavors, you know, right? Yeah. I man. mean, we got some cool stuff on the drawing we do, board. Man, We've got, got some got, new strategies. Got, usually, and it costs We've got millions. got some new ETFs it on the drawing cost board. Cost millions. Hey, you know, when we launched 10, new SMAs, new 10 ETFs. ETFs at one time, it cost $4 million to do that. Yeah, it all costs money. And then, you know, we've got a whole bunch of other cool stuff in the lab that's actually getting cooked up and, and might get to come to fruition pretty soon. Absolutely, so, man. We got, it we takes got, money. We, we're very technology-focused at WBI. Always have been. We're bringing some of our technology, uh, you know, uh, wide, strong All right, to so, the marketplace. So mistake Number four, okay? Our personal vision doesn't match our corporate objective or objectives. Whatever your personal objectives are, we need to make sure that our business is aligned to accomplish so, you those know, too, right? The, the, most, the, the, the beginning place for this strategic plan really isn't developing a plan and here's what the business is going to do and, you know, I'm going to build it so big and my revenue forecast is this and my profit forecast is that. The first thing we need to do is decide what our personal vision looks like. Most business owners, many of them, especially in our business, you can become a workaholic pretty easy. Mm -hmm. And that, when you do that, you lose your family. Yep. Right? You're at the office too much. You're working all the time. You're never there eyeball to eyeball with your family. You're never pouring into them. It's what they want. They want to be number one in your life. And so uh, getting this right in terms of your vision is extremely important. I grew up, my dad was a business owner in a different business. And, you know, he used all his energy to build a nice size company, become Mm -hmm. successful. But, you know, he wasn't there for the games and you know, throwing the ball in the in, in, outside and stuff like that. One of the things I promised myself as a business owner is I wasn't going to make the same mistake. I was going to put my family first sure. before the business. Yeah. Really, for me, it's kind of worked out. It, it, as it says in our, uh, you know, our corporate uh, vision statement, you know, uh, God first, family second, business third. And we try to keep that balance in our life. Yeah, and it depends. I mean, some family businesses are bigger, some are smaller. We're we're in the business together now. So yeah, but when you guys were growing business up, now, that's, that's not where not it was really. at, right? I mean, I'm still an at-will employee here as, as far as a, you know the employment contract states. I could yeah. sneeze wrong and get fired. Oh, come on. Holy cow. I mean, it gets se- it could be serious, serious. It, everything's serious, serious in business. Yeah, man. Anyway, so uh, dude, that's that's what we've got for the business building corner this week. You have any parting, you know, thoughts? Well, there are twelve mistakes that I outline in the book, and we're going to hit the other mistakes in the next couple of sessions. I think it's important to revisit this. The basics of strategic business planning, institutionalizing your business has never been more important. So what's your vision? I think people in our industry are missing the most critical factor, which is the V factor or for value. Every single business to be sustained 
sustain itself. Has to add value. Has to have a value proposition that adds more to the client than, it doesn't matter than the what cost you do in business. of taking it out. And you know, if in, you're a one of the things that everybody value every one of the things advisor add value. You bet. And it has to be value in excess of fees. One of the things that people are making a mistake, big mistake, I think, is this crowded trade into passive indexes because they're and low cost. And we're trying cost. to add value there. Cost is a very small education. factor in the value equation. Mm -hmm. You know, better returns, more success, larger capital balances to produce income, income throughout retirement to keep pace with inflation. These things are the toughest things to attain for clients to really have it happen through good and bad markets. Yep. And we're going to talk a lot more about that coming up. Yep. So if you want to, you know, get more insights, obviously follow us in all the places I stated earlier in the episode. You know, this is another episode of Bull Bear Radio. You've got to establish a vision. You got to try and execute it on it. You know, you got to have the revenue to be able to execute on that vision and, and, uh, institutionalize, you got to institutionalize, man. you can't business, wear man. all the hats. If you do, you're not going to be able to succeed. All right. And that's another episode of bull bear radio. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, tell your friends, your brothers, your mothers, and everybody else, you know, I mean, that'd be nice. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments Inc.